0: Welcome to the Listings Lab podcast with Jess LaNouvelle, founder of the Listings Lab and best-selling author of More Money, Less Hustle, becoming the seven-figure real estate agent. Are you ready to learn how to scale your real estate business from six to seven figures and create unlimited scalability and financial freedom in the process? It's time to take back your life and avoid the oh-so-common realtor burnout. Learn techniques and strategies to help you build relationships at scale and create a business full of clients you love with systems that give you the freedom to live your life. It's time to put aside the old-school tactics and embrace a new way of business where you can have predictability in everything that you do. Let's get into it.
1: Today, we're talking about the pitfalls of social media. And some of the stuff you've probably heard me say before, but I think it's sometimes important, especially after January. I feel like the year should start in February. I feel like January is really that month that like everybody's just kind of getting themselves together and kind of getting organized because let's be perfectly honest, 99% of our people in real estate do not get organized in November or October like we should. So I feel like January is really the month that everybody just sort of figures out what's happening and how things are going and like what the year is going to look like. And February is really when like things start to pop off. So what I want to talk about today is going to be specifically social media pitfalls, some of the things that you may be experiencing and not understanding why you're experiencing them. And a lot of the time, because especially my generation or older, we didn't grow up with social media. We didn't grow up with phones in our hands. I remember when I first got my license and I got my pager and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And I remember my high school boyfriend sending me like, like codes on my like little pager that I used to like hide in the pocket of my uniform at school. So needless to say, I did not grow up with social media, but I did build my entire business on social media. So I think that a lot of the time what happens is we don't really know what we don't know. And I think a lot of the time we get frustrated because in real estate specifically there's so much bad advice and so much bad information out there specifically about social media. And you know, for me it's unbelievably frustrating because a lot of the time when I start working with people, we have to like clean up the mess. If you're one of those people who like really hasn't used social media for business that much, you've got like a world of opportunity with none of the cleanup that actually needs to get done. So we're going to kind of topic wise, if you feel like you're creating content for crickets, if you feel like you're relying on kind of old school, traditional types of social media posts, because we're no longer just talking about old versus new in terms of like door knocking, cold calling flyers, billboards. There is actually old-school real estate marketing now. Re- I mean, Facebook's been around for 20 years. That's crazy, eh? And so social media is something that has changed and grown. And, and the way that we use social media for business and the way that we actually like, use attraction marketing for business has changed so drastically in the last 20 years. Also, if you feel like the, your, like, the algorithm is against you, I get that all the time where people are like I feel like I'm trying to do everything right but the algorithm just doesn't like me. I'm going to explain a little bit about what might be happening and there's this like myth that there's a couple of myths that that are really prevalent when it comes to social media but specifically Facebook. The first myth is that Facebook won't let you or will ban you or shadow ban you or whatever you want to call it if you use essentially business Content on your personal page—that's not true. I don't know where that came from, but that is not true. In fact, the people who really kill it organically are using their personal profiles. Now, what you can't do, or what Facebook is not going to—not I wouldn't say allow you to do, but isn't going to like help you promote—is crappy content and just listed, just sold, and like stuff like that on your personal profile, because that's not actually content. What Facebook doesn't want you to do is be treating your personal profile like a billboard. But you still can very effectively use your personal profile for business generation. So what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk today about how to approach social media effectively so that you're not wasting time. Because really, like how frustrating is it if you spend a whole bunch of time creating something. And then all of a sudden, it's it's not performing. And you've spent all this time and you've spent all this effort. And maybe you've gotten over your fear of the camera or you fought against your fear of the camera to do all of this work. And it's not really doing anything and you feel like it's just flopping. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about wasting time with the wrong strategies. We're going to talk about getting That those poor responses from the effort that you're putting out there. And so, the whole point of this is, I want you to actually be able to get visibility in front of the right people. I want you to be able to have authority because a lot of authority now, or perceived authority from the public, actually does come from online authority because it's the easiest place for someone to look for you and find you and see whether or not you have what you say that you have. And we're going to talk about attraction and bringing clients to you. So, you know, a lot of the time in like previously online authority, people thought came from websites. Now, I actually we don't drive traffic to websites at all anymore. And the reason behind it is because people don't convert off of a visit to a website anymore because we're not e-commerce. The only time that people are going to buy things from a visit to a website is if you're selling physical products. So like if you have a skincare brand or you, I don't know, sell puppy carriers or sell glasses, those people are going to go through and you have a cart that can check out. Those kinds of people are going to come, they're going to shop and they're going to quote unquote convert off of a visit to a website. Services very rarely will convert off of a visit to a website. And a lot of agent websites as well, they have these contact forms or they have IDX integrations that you have to register in order to see things. That's very kind of 1995 because the reality of it is that that kind of quote unquote marketing isn't going to be effective anymore. It's always shocking to me when I see people who are like spending so much money driving all of this traffic to a website that's also not optimized. So what we want to do instead is we actually want to create a quote unquote funnel, whether it's organic or it's through paid traffic, that will take that person from I don't know who you are, but I'm in the searching phase and get them to a point where they're like, hey, I really feel like this is my person or I'm really looking for an opportunity to talk to this person who has put all the right things in front of me. So why are we talking about this? Like I said before, there's kind of the old versus new. And I really positioned myself in my marketing and in kind of the industry as the new versus the old. And I spent a lot of time talking about not cold calling and door knocking and flyers and billboards and geo and all of those things. But there is, like I said, this version of old is actually not even that old. That's old social media. And I think that if you haven't changed your social media strategy in the last 10 years, then a lot of the things that you are seeing were possibly copying from other agents, which I think is a very big kind of issue that we're seeing a lot in real estate is agents watching what other agents are doing and copying it without actually understanding what their overall strategy is and without actually understanding whether or not it's working. There is a huge team that does a lot of volume in California. And there was an agent who came into our program, didn't do the work, but started copying this this team's social media and doing what they were doing in California. And what they didn't realize is that the team lead of that team Was probably one of the most connected people in their area and had been in real estate for 40 years. And so all of that business was repeat and referral and network business. And none of it was coming from social media. And so the strategy that they were copying was actually not working. And they were spending time and money and effort and all of these things to quote unquote be like those people. It's kind of like, kind of like Selling Sunset. Have you ever actually looked at to see what the actual sales volume is from those agents on Selling Sunset? They do very little business. But there is all of this kind of smoke and mirrors that people like to think that equals this like specific kind of lifestyle. So that's not what we're going to be doing. So what we're not doing and traditional ways of using real estate social media is using social media like a billboard. Right. It's this old idea of eyeballs equals business. And that does, that's not the case anymore. First of all, there's a million too many agents for that to work. And that's really just not how people make decisions anymore. And we have too many options in any way. If you think about when you actually are influenced by a brand or by a person to do something, buy something, I would say that the thing that I'm the most influenced from online is books. There are certain people, I read a lot, and there are certain people on book Talk that I, if they like the book and they give the book five stars, I'm going to screenshot that and it's probably going to end up on my quote unquote TBR, my, you know, to read book list. And so what ends up happening is I listen to a few select people And I will literally do or buy whatever they say that I should buy when it comes to books. And so what we really want to do is create that kind of trust and that kind of authority with the people that you have in your audience. So the ways that people use social media like a billboard, just listed, just sold, literally if I could get people to stop doing this, I think it would elevate the entire industry. I think that... One of the reasons why online people decide to work with specific agents is because they see that those agents are good marketers. And one of the missing opportunities, or one of the things that drives me crazy, is when people don't see the opportunity to showcase their marketing skills on themselves. If you are amazing at marketing yourself, those people who are like lurking are going to see your marketing prowess and therefore they are going to be more likely to work with you. When your social media isn't good or is boring, it actually is doing more harm than good. So, you know, the under contract, just listed, just sold, the like I'm so happy for my clients with like a boring key exchange type of content. Property tours, also not super great. If somebody wants to look at property, they're going to look at property. I got curious the other day and I was like, I'm, I'm about to move. And every once in a while, I have these moments where I'm like, wow, I could get a lot more for my money in like Austin, Texas. I wonder what my price point would buy me in Austin, Texas. So I went on Zillow. I'm not a I'm, as much as I hate like the concept of like what Zillow stands for. It's still the easiest and fastest way for me to see what's listed and like, you know. And so I went on Zillow and I looked. Did I go on social media and I, did I search for different real estate agents in Austin, Texas to try to look at property on their socials? No. Because that's not the easiest, fastest, and most efficient way for me to, to have a look. So property tours, all you're doing, if, if, you, if you have clients who absolutely demand that you do property tours, have a separate account for it. Don't do it on your main account because all it's doing is it's wasting your audience's time and it's actually losing trust. Are your property tours so amazing and so engaging that like somebody wants to sit with you for 30 minutes and look through a house that's like? Probably not for them. No. And the other thing is, is that you have to remember people move every eight and a half years on average right now. That's about the average time today. If you are only talking about real estate and you are only talking about property tours and what's currently for sale and what the market looks like today, you are only relevant to your audience every eight and a half years. Meaning that there's probably a 2%, maybe less segment of your audience that you're actually relevant to right now. So you have to give these people a reason to follow. You have to give these people a reason to feel emotionally connected and to like you and to trust you because that's when you're going to build the repeat and referral stuff from social media you're going to get those people who are when they are ready come to you. Social media is not a, oh, I saw your ad or I saw your thing and I convert tomorrow. I think a lot of the time too, another mistake that agents make is they they play architectural digest. And the truth really is this if I want to, if I'm like looking for beautiful properties and I just want to look at like design. I'm either going to go to Architectural Digest or I'm going to go on Pinterest. Again, I'm not looking on the local agent's Instagram. So the images of the staircases and the kitchens and the backyards, that's not actually what social media is for. Social media is a social networking platform. And I think sometimes we forget this because old school real estate marketing was using social media like a billboard, which doesn't work, especially not twenty twenty four. So we have to really think about how am I social networking, how am I connecting with these other human beings on the other side of the screen at scale, which is why, like I, you know, when my value proposition statement which I'm going to do a full training for you guys on how to build a really good value proposition statement probably in a week or two. But my value proposition statement is I help six-figure real estate agents scale to seven figures by creating relationships at scale. So relationships at scale is incredibly important because that is how you're drawing people in. That's the attraction marketing part. So... The other thing that, and, and this sometimes rubs people the wrong way, is the, the awards and the humble brags. So the awards are, you're posting awards for other agents. Your ideal client does not care that you got an award in your office. The other thing that I see, and I'm assuming if you're here, you're, you guys are not doing this, but it's so interesting that agents think that this is good, but it's like, I would really love to thank all of my clients for this. Thank you so much for you know all of all of your referrals have like led me to this place where I was able to buy this Porsche, and I'm so excited about like you know there's just something that's so cringy about it, and I'm assuming you guys don't do this, but I'm but I know you've seen it, I know you've seen the like that kind of humble brag too, which again, it's it's this mixture of I'm trying to be an influencer. And I'm trying to show off my success and my lifestyle by alienating my clients, which also not a good thing. So the new way of approaching content is always going to be social media as a social networking platform. This is always human to human. So when you're talking to, even when you're creating videos, it should be as though you're talking to one person. It should be I'm having a a one-on-one conversation, but there's a 10,000 people listening, or there's 500 people listening. If you weren't on one of the trainings before, I think so many people get caught up in this idea that I don't have a big audience. And it's the opposite of the way that you should be looking at it. And I want you to instead picture whatever the size of your audience is, if it's 200 or 1,000 or 1,500, I want you to picture that number of people in a room and every single time that you create content you are taking their time to focus on you and you have 1500 people in a room that you have the opportunity to speak to and when you approach it that way and you create really good content your audience will grow in the grand scheme of things I don't have one of the hugest audiences I have almost 90,000 followers on Instagram. In the grand scheme of things, that's actually not a lot. There are people with 5 million followers on Instagram, but I know who I'm talking to. I don't want 5 million followers. I want only people in real estate. I actually go through my followers on a regular basis. And if I think they're spam accounts or I think that they're like not that my content's not relevant to them, I actually unfollow myself for them. I go through and I remove them as followers because it's more important to me that my content's getting in front of the right people than the vanity metric of, I have a lot of people following me. If I have a lot of people following me who aren't seeing my content, then what's the point? I'm spending all of this time and energy And in our case, money to put my content out there. And someone who owns a hair salon in Savannah is seeing my content and it's not relevant to that person. I don't want that. And so a lot of this really just comes down to understanding what the point of all of this platform stuff is. And I think that social media does a really, really good job at trying to attach our ego to numbers. And a lot of the time, those numbers don't really exist. And I've said this a million times that the, the best clients that you will ever get from social media have never liked and have never commented on anything. They're not, they're not showing up. They're not engaging. They're not anything. They're lurking. And every once in a while, you'll, you'll also have somebody who finds your stuff, finds your account, binges it, and then contacts you. There's really two types of people. And I get two types as well. I get the like, I've been following you for six months and I really feel like you're my person. And then I also get the like, oh, my gosh, I heard you on a podcast. I found you on social media and then I binged all of your content and like I booked a call the same day. And you get both. So what we don't want to do and I and, and there's two questions that I really love to have agents ask themselves before they put anything out there. Who is this for? Am I creating content? Not, I mean, I would say the majority of people who are creating content in real estate are creating content for other realtors without even really realizing it. They're not creating content for their ideal client. They're creating content that resonates with them. And if it resonates with you, it's going to resonate with other agents. And then they wonder why their audience is full of agents and mortgage brokers. Well, it's because your content is speaking to the wrong person because you're not actually being super intentional about who your content is for. So that's one, who is this for? The other question is, am I billboarding? Am I treating this like a billboard or am I actually belief shifting and creating something that is more like a conversation? Right? So I think that that's really, really important. If you look like every other agent, If your social media account is copied, if you look like every other person out there that's in real estate, you're feeding into the perpetual mediocre content of agents on social media. And if you want the same results as everyone else, you know, one to three deals a year from social media, keep doing what you're doing. But if you want something different, you shouldn't be okay with one to three deals a year from social media. You shouldn't be okay with just blending in and being like everyone else because everyone else, and I guarantee, and I, I, we've looked at the numbers, we've done a million pieces of market research. It doesn't matter how big that agent's audience is. If they're only posting listings and they're only doing just listed, just solds and whatever, they're not getting that much business from social media. The people who are getting a lot of business from social media are people who are content creators and people who are actually building relationships. So we want to adjust your idea of what success looks like. I want success for you moving forward on social media to look like one to three pieces of business a month, minimum. We have people who are doing 10 pieces of business a month from social media. When Lee was really actively selling before I poached her out of her business, even just from her Facebook group, she was getting seven deals a month. Just from her Facebook group. Not from even any of her other platforms, and so I want you to adjust what your expectation is of what success looks like from social media. It's not one to three deals a year, and I have agents all the time who are going to argue with me and who will say, "My just listed just sold work because I bought three deals last year from social media, and I'm like, "Great, we're literally not talking about the same thing and And I think that really, like that kind of embarrassing promotional content that like I'll take what I can get content. It's not doing you any good. And, and you know, at the beginning of this conversation where we talked about authority and building authority, a lot of the like taglines and things that have been used for so long in real estate have become kind of noise. I'm here for all of your real estate needs. I can help you buy, sell, rent, and invest from here to there, right? All of that actually makes us look bad. And I know that the intention behind it isn't, I'm desperate for business, I'll take what I can get. But that's what the public hears. They hear, I'm here for all of your real estate needs. Therefore, you know, like there's this element of like, please call me. And that's what we don't want. What I want is for you to really elevate your standing, your boundaries, your expectations, All of this from what you actually get from your marketing, so that if and and this happened like two days ago, we had somebody book a call. He and he was like, "I don't like social media," and we were like, "Great, why are you here? Like, why did you book this call?" And he was like, "Well, you know, all of these people in my office have done your program and they said that they're getting all of this business, but like, I don't like social media." And we were like, "Great, we're probably not a fit," and I wish you all the best of luck. But it's not my job to try to convince or work with people who don't want to work with me, which is the other reason why I've always, like, since I was like a baby agent, I've never understood chasing fispos. Why would you, like, why would you literally go after the people who don't see value in what you do and don't want to work with you? As opposed to trying to go after the people, and I'm not saying that certain people, with, like, let me tell you, like, egos of steel don't do well with fisbos. But the average person who, like, doesn't want to be rejected 900 times a day and doesn't want to have to, like, convince people of their worth, like, they're not going to do well with it. And so, you know, I've always said, why, like, no fisbos for me, no expireds for me. I would rather go after people who genuinely see the value in what I do, feel connected to me, and want to work with me. It's the same reason why I don't we don't teach like here's how to generate a whole bunch of cold leads. Now hit the phones. Like that's not the way that I would want to run my business. It's not the the type of business that I believe that it will that would make me happy. And I think that sometimes we lose perspective. That it's not just about the money. And there's a lot of different ways to make money. And why would you go about your business that works? And you know, and, and all of these strategies, I'm sure, work for someone. But I am really of the mind that, like, let's not make this harder and more painful than it needs to be. So why I want to talk about this today. First of all, this type of marketing makes the entire, the entire industry look bad. I think sometimes we get so caught up in where is the next deal coming from that we forget that, like, the culmination of all of these agents doing all of this, like, bad promotion and all of these humble brags and all of this, like, pick me, pick me, pick me actually degrades and devalues the entire industry. And it's our fault. I remember I went to uh I was pretty young, I went to a quote unquote networking event that my broker, my my first broker told me that I should go to. And I'm at this thing, it was like some sort of like a BNI thing. And I someone said, Oh, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's so nice to meet you. We were having a great conversation. What do you do? And I said, Oh, I, you know, I just got my real estate license. And she literally recoiled. And she was like, oh, like, that's that's so nice. And like, you know, good for you. And then like she like didn't want to talk to me anymore. And I remember the first time I went to Australia. I had an Australian boyfriend. I went to Australia. I met his parents for the first time. And they said, oh, what do you do? I said, oh, you know, I'm I'm a real estate agent. And literally the like the look on their faces. They were like, oh, like that my son is literally dating like scum of the earth. And it was so interesting to like to see because I grew up in real estate. I grew up with, with a mom in real estate. I I guess I didn't I, I had like rose colored glasses on in terms of like what like the the general public like thought about us. But a study came out in I think it was 20 the end of 2022 that was consumer trust. And it was like a ranking of consumer trust. Did you know that real estate agents in North America are ranked just above prostitutes in terms of consumer trust. Isn't that shocking? So what I don't wanna do is to perpetuate this. What I do wanna do is like, let's actually start like elevating the industry and getting rid of the stigma of like, this is just everybody, like everybody's in real estate. It's just their hobby, right? Like, let's make us look good and professional and like, like we take this seriously, but also like we're human beings with a heart and that actually care. And, you know, I think there's a lot of marketing out there that tells people that agents care, but that doesn't actually show people that agents care. And I think those are very different things. So a lot of us have been taught things that don't work. We're copying things that don't work. My mission is to, and and this is a little heavy, but my mission in all of this is to give People in real estate, real estate agents, the skills and the systems to build businesses that give you what you got into the industry for the time, freedom, the booming business and have, you know, a a full holistic version of your life that you actually really love so that when you're 85, 90, looking back on and thinking about all of this stuff that you that you did in the good old days. You're not going to be sitting back and thinking about how many deals you did. You're going to be thinking about what you missed out on and what was really important to you. And that's why I do this this way. That's why I teach this this way. So for those of you who who haven't deep dived into my trainings or, you know, how I teach content, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the basics. So there's three major buckets of content that are going to really serve you. You have your authority content. You have personal content. Now, I would argue that your personal content is almost more important or just as important as the authority content. And then we have social proof. Now, it doesn't matter if we're talking about your personal page or a business page or ads or anything. The personal content has to be there. Because no one is going to build the cliche of no like, and trust without knowing you, liking you, and trusting you, and that comes from personal content. We trust people that we have something in common with or that make us laugh or that make us feel a certain way. So I think it's, it's unbelievably important that we remember why and how people make decisions. So people make decisions emotionally and then we back those decisions up with logic. So the emotional decision actually comes first. I like this person. This person makes me feel comfortable. This person makes me feel safe. This person is someone that I connect with. The next thing that our brain goes to is does this person have any idea what they're doing? And then from there, it's the authority content and the social proof that kicks in. So it's the logical piece. A lot of agents do it the opposite, where they wait until they're in front of that person in a listing presentation, in a buyer consult to be a human being. And that actually what you're doing is you're actually completely dropping the results that you can have from your marketing because it's not how human brains work. It's not, oh, this person does the most deals or this person did this nice thing with their listing. Instead, what we actually want to do is appeal to the human and then the logic. Traditionally, we're going to be traditional and stereotypical, right? Husband and wife who are looking for a home. The wife chooses the agent. The husband comes in like last minute to just do the walkthrough and to ask the like hard questions. I hate the stereotype, but it's it's there for a reason and it's because the emotion comes before the logic. And traditionally, men tend to not be as emotionally in touch. I can find a million reasons or a million examples of how this kind of plays out. Right. So I think that it's really, really important to keep that in mind. Now, with your three buckets of content. You like there's so authority content. What is authority content? It's high quality, niche specific value. Now, the word value is such like a trigger word for so many people because they're like, okay, everybody's telling me to post value, but what is value? And value is very niche specific. So all of the value comes from being able to articulate what's in the back of your ideal client's head. Being able to understand what keeps them up at night. Being able to talk about the things in their home or the things in their lives or you know the things about the real estate process that they don't love and ideally what they want that something to look like. So if we're gonna break this down, authority content is going to be value, answering frequently asked questions. So every single question that a client asks you the answer that comes out of your mouth should be a piece of content. Because if somebody's asking you that question, it's an answer that they don't have. And unless it's a really, really dumb question, chances are you should be answering it in content because there's more people who have that question. Process solution. Talk about your system, your process. What makes you like, and because your system and your process, that's your unique value proposition. Explain it to people. Talk to people about it. You know, talk about the steps that you take and why you do things a specific way. If your system or your process looks like every single other agent's system or their process, we fundamentally have a delivery issue and we also have a marketing issue. Because what we don't want is to perpetuate this idea that all real estate agents do exactly the same thing. Therefore, why wouldn't I use my cousin who will essentially give me a kickback? So it has to be built into your business in terms of what you do is specialized and is different and is specifically built for the people that you're trying to serve. So that also comes into the authority content. Now, personal content is going to be personal beliefs, personal philosophy, personal story. So personal beliefs, personal philosophy, personal story content is the you stuff some of it's going to be behind the scenes. Some of it is going to be, you know, the way that you think about the industry, the things you like and you don't like, things that matter to you. Now, the old rule of thumb used to be no politics, no, no religion. I don't think that that is always 100% applicable anymore. I think it applies to 80% of people. But I think that there's that 20% of people who their religion or their politics is so much a part of who they are that keeping it away from anything is inauthentic. So when we're talking about authenticity, are you one of those people? Now, I am not one of those people. My spirituality or my politics are, I think, obvious, but they're not something that I think need to be talked about openly on a regular basis for people to know who I am and what I stand for. So with that being said, I think it's really important to kind of keep that in mind. But personal beliefs can be as simple as I, I do not believe in pineapple on pizza to all the way to the, to, to the opposite end of things where, you know, it could be Hillary, for example. I'm going to use Hillary as an example. Her, like, purpose in life is not to sell real estate, just like no one else's purpose in life in here is to sell real estate. But she, she and I have connected over our, like, love of rescuing, taking care of, loving on little furry creatures. And so, like, for her, that's such a huge part of her content. And it's going to be such a huge part of her brand because it's something that matters so much to her to the extent that she was supposed to come to the Bahamas to work with me and she's not coming during the scheduled time because she has an event for the rescue that she works with. And I think that that's beautiful. And I'm going to do something extra special for her because of that. So this kind of stuff is really, really important, the behind the scenes stuff. If she just posted, hey, look how beautiful I am and, you know, here is me like holding my cell phone with my arms crossed and like, I'm here for all of your real estate needs. You know, those the the people who are really going to connect with her and love her would not, they wouldn't have the opportunity to. Right. But as soon as I started to hear about the things that she cares about, I started to like her more and I started to care about her more and she became far more human even to me she wasn't just another person who was sitting in the audience at one of my events she became someone who like i wanted to know and so all of this like the concept of all of this works both ways so i think that this is important now social proof social proof is not just showing people you have business to get more business because that's just it, that's irrational that's not how it works social proof is testimonials case studies, and media or PR. But if you get a really, really nice testimonial and you put it in Canva and you make it look all pretty and you put a branding on it, stop it. It looks so ingenuine and so untrustworthy and so promotional that way. Take a screenshot and post the ugly screenshot. We do not live in the land of beautiful Instagram feeds anymore. That's so 2010 when everybody had like the same filters on all of their stuff and you scrolled through it and it was like this curated brand. It, that, that doesn't exist anymore. The, the biggest, most successful accounts out there are ugly when you first look at it. But it's the content that's so good. So take the screenshot. Use the screenshot. It's so much more effective. It's so much more trustworthy. Now, case studies are one of the most underused and most powerful things that you can do. Case studies, if I could teach everybody, and I'm going to do an entire training for you guys just on case studies, because if you can master the case study, your business will boom. Now, what is a case study? It is the behind the scenes story of a client. Who, where they were when they started working with you, pains, problems, fears, desires, how your process looked as you went through it, where they ended up at the end. HGTV is an entire network of case studies. That's why we love it. Because we get to live vicariously through the people that we're watching. Before I moved to the Bahamas, I watched every Bahamas Life episode that there is. Every single one of them. I'm actually friends with the person who was on the pilot for Bahamas Life. Okay, like so good. And there was this feeling of if they can do it, I can do it. And it's the same thing. You not only are demonstrating that you've helped other people do what these people do, what these people want to do. And how your specific process has helped them get there. And there's like that end of the line victory of like they're there and they're happy. And like you were just the bridge. All sales are where you are now, where you want to be, and what the bridge is between the two. And you're selling the bridge. So it's super, super important to be able to like talk people through that. And it's one of the most underutilized things in content.
0: Thanks for listening. To talk to our team about how The Listings Lab can help you grow your business, visit thelistingslab.com forward slash apply. If you enjoyed this episode, please give the podcast five stars on iTunes and help us to reach other agents who want to massively scale their business the modern way. And if you want more marketing and scalability strategies for your real estate business in between episodes, then join The Listings Lab Facebook group or follow Jess on Instagram at Jess Leneuvelle. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us next week.